these kind of meetings are wonderful, but they're nothing like being together. And we have a lot to look forward to when you think about heaven and what a reunion that's going to be. Uh, but it, isn't it a joy? You don't have to wait till you die or the rapture takes place to meet with the Lord together. We all get to go to the throne room together today, and I'm very, very excited about that. I'm going to give you a scripture in just a moment from Psalm 91, if you'd like to find that amazing psalm in your copy of the Word of God. And while you're doing that, let me just share an encouraging testimony with you, if I may. Uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm in a, a local church in revival meetings right now. But the last couple of weeks, I've been in conferences with a host of preachers. Uh, last week, the, the theme of the conference was all on prayer, lots of teaching and practical time in prayer. Uh, the week before, um, God really met with us in an unusual way. And uh, one of the meetings, I said to the people, we were in a prayer meeting, and I said, let's all think of someone right now that needs Christ and pray for their salvation. And uh, we did. I had a sweet time of prayer. And that evening I was walking through an exhibit hall and a man grabbed my arm and he said, I need to tell you something. He said, my wife was in the prayer meeting early this morning. And when you asked her to pray, she was so overcome, so burdened because uh, our granddaughter is lost. And she's 16, 17 years of age and living in sin and away from God. And he said, we've been praying for her, but she just stopped right then and there, began to intercede and pray for her salvation. And while his wife was praying, she got a text message on her phone that was laying on her lap, and it was the granddaughter. And the text said, I want you to know that I'm ready to receive Jesus as my Savior. And uh, I rejoiced, of course, in that. But it reminded me that while we are praying here or wherever here is for you, God is working there. So don't ever discount the prayers of God's people. You know, the prayers go up, but the answer comes down and you may not always see it. I think, you know, when we get to the judgment seat someday, we're going to meet answers to prayer that we knew nothing about. And so I just want you to know that your prayer labor is not in vain in the Lord. I want to share just a little, little nugget with you, if I can, today, before we go to prayer from Psalm 91. I don't know if you have favorite Psalms. Uh, I think Psalm 90 and Psalm 91, back to back, are probably two of my all-time favorites. I was in a home two or three days ago with a man who's 93 years old, and uh, he was lost, didn't know the Lord. Someone asked me to go by and see him, and we started talking about Psalm 90. It's the oldest Psalm in the Bible, Prayer of Moses, it's so old. And uh, we started talking about who God is and eternally that man trusted Christ as his savior. It's thrilling. But I've been meditating on Psalm 91. And in fact, I'm thinking, praying next week in a meeting in Georgia about just preaching through this psalm because it's just so rich. But look at the beginning of it. Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold 
and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. How many of you would like to live there? I'll vote first. Yes, I want to live there. I I love this emphasis on abiding there. Uh, The refuge, the fortress, the habitation. In other words, this is beautiful, but the presence of God is not something you're supposed to visit. It is something you're supposed to live in. We take these moments of prayer and it's wonderful. Uh, But these moments of prayer are to help us live in the spirit of prayer. Uh, devotional time is supposed to lead to a devotional life. That's that's what the psalmist is saying here. I want to live there in God's presence. I was reminded, even just reading this again, this was the psalm that helped Spurgeon so much in the midst of one of the great plagues there, one of the pandemics that they lived through where bodies were stacked in the streets. He said he was so overcome with terror and fear one day walking down the street, dealing with the sick. He thought, I'm going to get sick and die. And the Lord brought this psalm to his mind and increased his faith, bringing through that, that particular season. You know, we are living in troubled days. Uh, there's, there's fear. There's uh, anxiety. Uh, there are people around the globe just trying to figure it out, trying to fix it. And I just want to remind everybody on this prayer call today that if you are living in the presence of God, that is the greatest place in all the world to live. It's a place of safety and security. Uh, it's a place of peace, of stillness before the Lord. And this is the little, little phrase I want you to take today. It's just what's captured my attention the last few days. In verse number one, the secret place. Uh, we live very public lives. And uh, matter of fact, uh, this week I had to dig the quote out because I ran across it years ago. And the Holy Spirit brought it back to my mind. But this week I went back and picked up the the quote that was given uh, by William Wilberforce uh, in England long, long ago. And uh, let me read it to you here. Um, it really convicted me, frankly. You know, it's amazing how words can comfort and convict at the same time. Uh, here's what Wilberforce said. He said, I must secure more time for private devotions. And this is the thought. I have been living far, far too public for me. The shortening of devotions starves the soul. It grows lean and faint. I've been keeping too late hours. (laughs) Let me testify as an itinerant preacher. I keep a lot of late hours and spend a lot of time with people. And I'm learning. I am learning. I can't say I have learned. I am learning more and more. I need the secret place. I need secret time with God, time alone. And so do you. What is the secret place? The secret place is the place where the world is closed out. Shut the door, Jesus said, when you enter into the prayer closet. Uh, The secret place is the place where heaven is open to you. So you close the door to the world, and the Lord opens the door into the throne room. Uh, The secret place is the place where you're alone with God and where you're looking not around you at everybody else, not at circumstances. You're looking to eternity. You can't see eternity clearly unless you're living in the secret place. We get stuck in time. We get stuck on the 24-hour news cycle. We get stuck in what we're hearing and seeing and thinking and feeling. No, you got to get alone. you got to get in the secret place, communing with God to really see like God sees and think like God thinks and feel like God feels. And so as wonderful as it is that we're gathered together like this to pray together, we're going to unite our hearts together in prayer. I just want to challenge all of us 
I'm speaking to myself here, uh, spend more time in the secret place. Uh, do not neglect the private devotional time alone with God. There is no substitute for it. Uh, one little footnote to this. I wish I had time to walk you through this whole psalm. Uh, but it dawned on me this week as I was meditating in the psalm. This is one of the psalms that Satan quoted, or should I say misquoted, to the Lord Jesus in his temptation. Did you see where I left off? Look at, look at Psalm 91 again. We stopped our reading in verse number 10. But see if verse 11 and 12 sound familiar. He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Do you remember? Uh, Satan loves to use scripture. He twisted, of course. But this was one of the things he quoted to the living word, the Lord Jesus, when he tried to get him off track. Uh, and this was what it dawned on me. Remember, Jesus had been out in that wilderness for 40 days, not eating, not drinking. Here's what I think. I think he'd been living in the secret place. I think he'd been communing with the Father. I think he was ready to meet that temptation because he had been living the very message of Psalm 91. Uh, by the way, did you notice what Satan left out? This is significant. When he quoted it, he quoted verse 9 and 10, uh, but he, he left out, excuse me, verse 10 and 11. But he left out in verse 11 to keep thee in all thy ways. The devil never wants you to think about God's way for you. He never wants you to remember uh, God's purpose for you. He wants you to try to claim the promise without living the principle, you see. And I love this. Jesus knew every part of this passage. He knew exactly uh, the context of the text. He knew exactly what Satan had omitted and what the father wanted. Matter of fact, look at verse 13. Here's the rest of the promise. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. My mind goes back to Genesis 3.15, the first promise of Messiah. He's going to put his foot on the head of that old serpent, the devil. Uh, I love this. But the Lord Jesus came through that temptation with strength, with grace, with purity, because he, the perfect son of God, was living consciously moment by moment in communion, unbroken fellowship with the Father. And I want to say to you, if you and I are going to sustain the spiritual attacks, if we're going to be true in the temptation, not be thrown off course in the midst of the difficulty, we're going to have to live in the secret place as well. And so I pray that our joint prayer time today will lead you, perhaps even when we sign off in a few moments, to go someplace, get along with God. I told you I'm an itinerant preacher, which means that I am somewhere different every day, every week. I wake up in the mornings trying to think what state I'm in, and that's that's a little uh, scary at times, you know. But here's what I have learned. I've learned that the prayer closet can travel with you and that the secret place can be any place where you meet with God. And so whoever you are, wherever you are today, the Lord wants to meet you there. He's waiting. And uh, if you'll enter into that secret place, shut the door. You will find he's already there. Uh, let's have a prayer here together as we begin, and then uh, Brother Rick can guide us. Our Father, we thank you today for our great God. We thank you, Lord, that a God so mighty, he could speak it all into existence and hold the world in the palm of his hand, is so loving and tender and kind as to draw near to sinners like us and give attendance to our words. Oh, Lord God, thank you for the privilege of prayer. Thank you for making it in noisy days that we can have a quiet place. 
Thank you, Lord, and all of the voices vying for attention that you have made a way so that we can come into the secret place with thee. I praise you, Lord, for these good men and women who love you and who are hungry and thirsty after righteousness. So much so, they would give this hour today just to prayer. Lord, we know you'll keep your promise and fill us. We pray that in these moments, you'll guide our every prayer. Let the Holy Spirit bring to mind the scriptures. Let us live in the promises of God and be divinely guided as we pray. And Father, I pray for every man and woman listening to me at this moment. Put a hedge about them. May they live under the shadow of your wings, protect and keep your people. We think of believers today in very dangerous places. Oh, God, keep them. And Lord, the truth is we all live in danger, the tempter at every turn. Keep us, I pray. And may the secret place and the God of the secret place mean more to us than ever before. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.